Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Of course you do. Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. to another edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. And my name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. And this is the way. This is the way. So did you see the uh, the Facebook post the other day um, about um, the, the heavy artillery Mandalorian <clears throat> in the Mandalorian? And this isn't really a spoiler or anything if you haven't seen the episode, but there's kind of a, a heavy set Mandalorian who's kind of a, they consider, they call him heavy artillery Mandalorian. And yeah. somebody said something about uh, we're missing um, an opportunity here to call him Ham. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry about that. <laughs> Special call-in guest? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, the Mandalorian has just been so good. You know, we're recording this uh, Saturday morning, and the new episode came out yesterday, and like we were we were talking before we actually started recording this show just keeps getting better with every single episode and the thing about it is that every episode is unique in the sense that they each hit different emotional responses so they're all good in their own way like you i could really sit here and dissect you know which one i think is better than a technical you know from a technical aspect than other episodes but I just have so much fun with this show, and it just keeps getting better and better. And I'm going to be sad when it ends. Yeah, I know. I'm going to be so ready for season two. Because we've got, I think, let's see, four. Yeah, four more episodes left. Because the last episode is supposed to air on December 27th. I'm going to be so sad. Yeah, but we'll enjoy it while we can. This fourth episode was so emotion like pulled emotions out of me that I didn't expect to have pulled out of me for a, you know, a star Wars property. Like I don't want to give anything away, but good God, if you have not seen the Mandalorian yet, you are doing yourself a disservice. The more I think about it and the, because it's been, you know, we're two more episodes in than when we did the, the review on my show. I truly think that the Mandalorian is the best Star Wars property that we've gotten since Return of the Jedi. Hands freaking down. <laughs> I will I will agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, to me, it's better than the prequels because I've been going back and I- I'm essentially going back and watching episodes one through eight in preparation for Rise of Skywalker. I watched episode two last night. And yeah, the Mandalorian's definitely better than yeah. either one of those movies. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was thinking about doing that myself to kind of prepare for uh, the new movie, but I just don't know if I can sit through the prequels again. I mean, I could sit through Revenge of the Sith. I actually like that one, but the other two, it's not that I hate them. It's just that they're they're just boring. Like I don't like them. They're just. I don't get enjoyment watching them. I, it's not that you hate them; it's just that you 
extremely dislike them. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just, they're just boring. Yeah, they they both have their moments, but overall, they're not great movies. Like, I can tell you, I've seen Attack of the Clones probably, probably three or four times, maybe more than that, maybe five or six, but honestly, I don't remember much from that movie. I remember the Yoda fight, and I remember, uh, what else happened in that movie? Oh, uh... Obi-Wan fighting with uh, Darth, or not Darth, uh, General Grievous, uh, the hello there, and um, not much else. <laughs> I don't remember much else from that movie. It's, uh, they're, they're kind of forgettable. Oh, wait, I think which that is was actually from Revenge of the Sith, wasn't it? Yeah, Grievous was Revenge of the Sith. Oh, so that's Count the, Dooku was Attack of the Clones. That's right. Yeah, I do remember that part when Dooku actually tells Obi-Wan everything going on, which honestly, Count Dooku's kind of the good guy in that movie. When you in a really way, yeah. think about it, cuz he actually tells Obi-Wan everything going on and no and he doesn't believe him. So it's kind of on Obi-Wan's shoulders. It's interesting because I feel like in most every movie like that, the villain always has to give away the plot before he thinks he's going to kill the hero. Yeah. And he's like, look, there's Sith. Like, Darth Sidious is for real. Like, you guys need to listen to me. And they're like, no, you're an asshole. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It's it's a weird movie. And I just, uh, eh. Here's what I yeah, got to say ever, George Lucas. You have, blow it! <laughs> Have you ever watched them in the machete order? Uh, no, I haven't. The, it's an interesting take, because I did that last year, where it's, you start with episode four, then you go Empire, mm -hmm. then you go back to episode two and three, and then six. Mm. So in a way, it's like after you learn that Vader is Anakin Skywalker, it's almost like a flashback to the days of the Republic. Yeah. And then you see, you know, Anakin become Darth Vader, get the suit and everything. And then you flash forward back to, quote unquote, present day. Mm -hmm. And then you wrap up the story. Yeah, It's kind of a cool way. I, 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 don't, I don't mind it. And it takes Phantom Menace out of the equation yeah, completely. Phantom Menace doesn't fit in anywhere. Thinking about it on the overall aspect, it really doesn't. It, nothing happens in that movie. It, that movie makes no sense whatsoever why it's even a movie. And we're probably I do making, love Darth Maul, though. We're probably making some people mad with this conversation, but that's just... <laughs> we're going to have a long, long discussion about this on the Derek Diamond experience coming up real soon. Yeah, we're going to have to schedule that, because I think I mentioned this last week. That's going to be one that... You're going to have to pack a meal for because it's, uh -huh. <laughs> it's going to be a long podcast. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I, dude, I could talk Star Wars all day long. Oh, same. So uh, Black Friday, actually, we're recording this uh, uh, early for this week's episode, but this is actually the day after Black Friday. Did you go get any deals yesterday? I did, actually. I went to one place. I went to the video game trading post, mm -hmm. and I got... Uh, for the GameCube, I got Star Fox Adventures, which is a game that I'm going to be reviewing um, probably sometime in January. And then for Super Nintendo, I got uh, Soul Blazer, which is, nice. I can't remember if it's the prequel or the sequel to Illusion of Gaia. 
Um, and then I got Super Empire Strikes Back, oh, which I'm going to awesome. be reviewing here in a couple of weeks. Fantastic. Funny enough, I was actually their first customer of the day, <laughs> which was very shocking because I I figured that there would be a lot of people there to because you know, they had Black Friday deals on literally everything in their store from games to DVDs, um, collectibles, consoles. Like, they had deals on everything. Yeah. So I thought more people would be there, but. I'm sure more showed up like as the day progressed. Oh, I'm sure. I was going to pick up Mario and Rabbids yesterday, but I had to work yesterday, so my mom went to, to Walmart because they needed a new coffee maker, and uh, I told my mom and dad to, to look it for it for me and pick it up for me, and I'd pay them back. And uh, she went back to the, the game section and asked the guy if they had it, and he said all the games are up at the front of the store. Um there were none in the back, so everything was up front. So they went up front to the front of the store, said they had this huge display of games up there, all the, the Black Friday deals, and they said it was just an absolute disaster area. They couldn't find anything. So Oh, I'm sure. I didn't get to pick up uh, Mario and Ravage yesterday. That sucks. Oh, well. Is it, is it um, do they have the deal as far as the digital version goes? Uh, you know what? I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go look online. But the thing is, yeah, you should look that up. I don't have a whole ton of space left on my uh, my switch. I got. I need to go get a um uh storage uh some storage space for it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do that eventually too. Yeah, because I'm getting real close to to running out of space on it. Yeah, I overall I read that Black Friday, at least around here, wasn't as bad as it normally is. Yeah, like, I know I the mall was packed because I, I I had to run out to the store yesterday afternoon, and I didn't see any parking spaces at the mall or Best Buy anywhere like in that block. So I'm sure it was slammed, and I'm sure it will be today. But yeah, I didn't really hear any horror stories from anybody yesterday either. There's a funny video, and I should send it to you. It's uh, Jim Ross calling Black Friday. <laughs> That's awesome. It's great. Oh, my God. <laughs> As God is my witness, he is broken in half. <laughs> oh, that's great. So anything else you want to bring up before we go into the news for this week? No, I don't think so. It's been a relatively chill week. I worked, yeah, you know, just here. one day this week and just been kind of hanging out at home. That's cool. Yeah, like I was supposed to be off yesterday, but I worked some extra hours yesterday because I need a little extra Christmas cash. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but Thanksgiving was good. I had a really good Thanksgiving. Hope your uh, hope your Thanksgiving was good. Yeah, no, it was good. It was pretty much just a chill day at my parents' house, and then went to my aunt's house for dinner. Yeah, I ate the last of my leftovers last night, and now I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Friday is the best meal day for Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. Like left. I love Thanksgiving dinner, but leftovers are the best. Oh yeah. Especially if you've got like ham or Turkey. Mm -hmm. Good, Good stuff. stuff. Yeah. I, lo I love Turkey sandwiches. That's my favorite. Yeah. That's what my dad does. Either ham or Turkey sandwiches the mm -hmm. next day. Good stuff. But I'm out, mm -hmm. of, I'm out of food now. So now I got to go back to eating regular food and that's sad. We got Christmas coming up. Yeah, a couple weeks. That'll be nice. Yeah. But, uh, but let's go ahead and move into the news, shall we? Sure. On 
NintendoLife.com. The Yo-Yo Shuriken is a brand new action game that's just been released for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, the launch of the Yo-Yo Shuriken. The game comes from the same developer who recently brought us a new Game Boy title, DMG Deals Damage, and is an action game designed for one or two players. Uh, an action game with ninjas and robots. That's awesome. Uh, its core gameplay revolves around shooting a single shuriken that you can magically recall at any time, which incidentally allows you to hit enemies both from the front or from behind. It's available <clears throat> on an actual working SNES cartridge with a cardboard box and manual, and you can buy a copy for emulation online. Uh, let's see, do they have the thing here? Um, there's a Black Friday discount. If you go to... Uh, you'll have to go uh, on the thing here and go to the... Let me see the what the name of it is, uh, catskullgames.com, C-A-T-S-C-U-L-L.com, and use the code BF2019, <clears throat> and that's the Black Friday discount. Hopefully, it, uh, the discount will get you 10% off until December 2nd, so you have until, let's see, what day is today? Oh, well, by the time you hear this, that'll be done. Never mind. <laughs> Uh, this is really cool. You know, I, I love hearing stories like this of, you know, games that are developed for like NES and Super Nintendo that are made today. I'd be interested in getting this. It would be cool to get. I like that cartridge, that red cartridge. I do, too. I, I like the the kind of the rounder edge of the SNES cartridges rather than like the, the blocks that we yeah. used to get here. And the cover art is really cool, too. And they have uh, some gameplay on here, too. It actually looks pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it looks like a really simple game, but it looks like a uh, kind of a, more like an, a, an addictive kind of, um, what would you call it? Like a, what do they call that game? A horde mode where you're yeah. kind of like tons of enemies are coming into the screen and you're just shooting your shuriken around and uh, killing enemies and picking up coins. And it just looks fun. Yeah, it looks like a game that you could just get lost in for a couple yeah. of hours. But I, like I said, I'd definitely be interested in, you know, looking a little more about this and possibly picking a cup, up a copy. Yeah, if you're interested in picking up a copy, go to catskullgames.com. Let's see, our next story comes to us from nintendolife.com, and I was actually thinking about this the other day. Me too. What's happened to Switch's NES and SNES games? Leading up to the N Nintendo Switch Online service launch back in September of 2018 and during the few months that followed, it was impossible to get away from talks surrounding people's like or dislike for its offerings, including its library of retro games. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online grants you access to a number of NES and SNES games on the go. Whether you enjoy your batch of retro games to play anytime, anywhere, or weren't particularly fussed about the whole thing, the regular updates at least added some value to the service and helped younger generations experience classics for the first time. Fast forward to the present day, and updates seem to have just stopped. Mm -hmm. So, long story short, it's been three months since there have been any new SNES games. Really, there haven't been any new ones because they launched the SNES online platform with its collection of games, and there haven't been any updated since yeah and it's been more than three months since we had an nes update and now nintendo came out and said that there weren't going to be regular updates anymore but my thing is why would you wait so long yeah 
to do anything new. Like, it's almost like, why even have it? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> the thing is, they have these, uh, um, you know, the uh, Nintendo controllers and the Super Nintendo controllers that you can get for the Nintendo Switch, you know, to be able to use the original controllers. Like, if you're going to do all that, why are you slowing down with the releases of these games? Like, come on, Nintendo, what are you doing now? I've got my fingers crossed that because we're in the holiday season, they might actually update it. I hope so. I mean, it's it would be a way to incentivize people to actually get it, but personally, I think they should have just kept it, even if it's three or four games a month, at least that's something. Yeah. I'd rather have something than nothing. And this is the biggest reason why I paid $20 a year to have Nintendo Switch Online, so I could play you know, retro games, and if they're not going to update it, then why am I spending the money to do nothing, basically? Yeah, exactly. Let's just keep our fingers crossed that we'll at least get something for the holidays. I hope so. Come on, Nintendo. Quit being Nintendo. <laughs> One step forward, three steps back. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is from the WashingtonPost.com. The NES console was discontinued in 1995. These developers are still making games for it. Um, a copy of Micromages arrives in an old-school cardboard shell complete with a paper manual and classic gray NES cartridge with the cover art stickered on the front. Plays like a typical 8-bit platformer. A tiny purple-hooded sprite carves its way through a gothic castles and gloomy caverns across 26 levels on its way to save a princess. Um, let's see, it is... Uh, it generated over 150,000 euros during its Kickstarter last year. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to look up the other uh, thing. Um, let's see. There is uh, Octovania will release the Sonic-like Rolly in February. Artix Entertainment is doing the same with the Zelda-inspired Dungeons and Doom Knights. And Retrotainment is putting together the spooky adventure game called Full Quiet. Um, let's see. Ken ha Kevin Hanley, a designer of many homebrew NES cartridges, says he spends about 6000 to print 250 copies of his games. Most of the money goes to the boxes and manuals. Um, I'm liking this whole kind of homebrew retro thing going on lately. And, <clears throat> like... I love that there are new games coming out for it, and there's plenty of Kickstarters. Like, you can look through this article here. It's it's on the Washington Post. But there are a lot of people getting into making old NES games, and I wonder if Nintendo would be... I, I don't think they would, but do you think Nintendo would be interested in making, like, reissuing the original Nintendo systems, like doing a limited run of old Nintendo systems? Do I think they would be interested? Probably not. But I think it would be really cool. Because, it, you know, this is kind of going back a couple of articles ago. It, it's really cool to see people actually making their own games for these old consoles. And you see the screen caps of Micromages. Like, this is an actual good-looking game. It is. I, I, I really enjoy that. It would, it would be cool. But I also think, you know, there's enough retro gaming stores around where people could go buy one. Because NESs, I don't think, are that expensive. And I still at least think from what would, I've seen. It would be 
a cool thing to have if you walked into like Target or Walmart and see like the retro Nintendo Entertainment System, like the full size Nintendo. You know, like it used to exist in the same box it used to come in with Mario and Duck Hunt and do like a limited number of old Nintendo games that they would release, like Zelda and Metroid. Do like walk into the store and see those old games sitting on the shelf. How awesome would that be? Oh, that'd be great. That's the world I want to live in. It'd be cool if they do that with both, you know, NES and Super Nintendo at some point. Like maybe you could do it like say from Thanksgiving to Christmas, you can get an old NES yeah. with a limited number of NES games. Yeah, like and it doesn't even have to be like third party games, just be completely a Nintendo thing because they had enough Nintendo games that were popular enough that they could like you walk in and you see Super Mario Brothers one, two, and three, Metroid, uh, you know, Kid Icarus. Uh, what else? Um, you know, Legend of Zelda. See, like, yeah. you know, a good six to ten games available for the Nintendo. Like, oh my god, that would be so cool. It'd be great, but Nintendo probably won't do it. Yeah, like Punch Out. You'd have to have Punch Out. <laughs> of course, man. No, that that'd be that'd be cool. That would be really cool. I'd love to get my hands on some of these games that they're talking about in this article. Yeah, me too. That one so looks the, really good. The ma- the ma- magic, uh, what's it called? <laughs> Micro mages. Micro mages. Yeah, that looks really. Well, and even good. this Dungeons and Doom Knights that sounds like it's similar to Zelda. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested in that. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna look these up when we're done and see how much they are because I would love to start getting these, like supporting these people doing this because the more you support them the more they're going to make. I'm looking at Dungeons and Doom Knights. Uh, 1,025 backers pledged over $54,000. Wow. To bring that to life. I wish I could program Nintendo games. <laughs> and the cover art is pretty cool, too. We could make a Nerd Cave Retro NES game. Oh, that'd be great. Help Derek and Jason uh, defeat the uh, evil... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the... The disgruntled Star Wars fans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But let's see. Our last story for this week comes to us from toybook.com. Sega and Arby's team up for Sonic the Hedgehog game on kids' meals. Uh, this makes me think of when I was a kid and getting all the really cool like yeah, Sonic and um, like Ninja Turtle toys and Happy Meals. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog will race into theaters this February, but before that, he'll make a stop at Arby's. Sega of America partnered with Arby's Restaurant Group to bring Sonic the Hedgehog collectible toys to the game on Kids Meal. Beginning December 1st, Arby's will offer an assortment of eight disc toys, including Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Amy Rose, Dr. Eggman, Shadow, and more. Let's see. Uh... To kick off the partnership, Sega is offering an in-app promotion on its mobile game, Sonic Dash. Players who download or update the app for iOS or Android during the promotional window will automatically receive 50 red star rings good toward unlocking characters, special items, and more. Arby's Restaurant will carry the Sonic collection through the end of February or while supplies last. I like Arby's, so I'm going to go by there and get me some uh, Sonic Disc toys. I'd love to get the supersonic one. I, know, I like the, my... uh, the shadow one looks cool. Yeah, I like the shadow one too. 
Yeah, Arby's is good. It's something that I can't really have that often because I always feel like I'm going to die of a food coma. <laughs> well, yeah, you get like even a small, like you get the small uh, roast beef sandwich and it's like the size of my head. Yeah. <laughs> their fries are delicious, though. Yeah, they are. A lot of They're people curly hate fries. their fries. I don't know why people hate their fries so much. I love curly fries. I know they're the best. When they have, um, what is it? I don't know if they still have it, but they used to have a Jamocha shake that was freaking delicious. Oh, yeah. Dude, have you tried their hero sandwiches? I have not. I haven't had Arby's in probably like a year plus. Dude, I'm telling you, next time you go by Arby's, get one of their uh, hero turkey uh, turkey sandwiches. They're so good. I have no doubt. If it's Arby's, it's good. It is good. A lot of people hate Arby's, and I don't know why. Arby's is great. If you hate Arby's, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but let's go uh, ahead and uh, move into the uh, video game history, shall we? Sure. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> In December of 1980, Infocom releases its first game, Zork 1, which begins the Zork series. You don't say. I wonder if there was a sequel called Zork 2. Maybe. Or Zork 3. Uh, yeah, yeah, full trilogy. We, we've talked about this game a lot. Like that is, uh, that is some game artwork you don't forget right there. No, not at all. It reminds me of um, like a 1980s movie poster. Yeah, in a like way, a B movie or or even like a, a early '80s like metal band that wasn't very good but had that kind of artwork. Please welcome to the stage, Zork. <laughs> That's great. Let's see, December twenty seventh of nineteen eighty two, Starcade, a video game television game show, debuts on TBS in the United States, and that's not to be confused with the old nineteen eighties wrestling special. Yeah, I was, I was just about to say Starcade. Funny enough, WWE is actually doing a Starcade show tomorrow. Really? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it's in. Uh, it's gonna be somewhere in Georgia, but it's gonna be broadcast on the network. So. I'll probably check it out. Sting going to show up? I wish. <laughs> I know Ric Flair's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I never heard of Starcade the game show, but it, it does remind me of uh, like Nick Arcade that I used to watch back in the 90s on Nickelodeon. Yeah. It actually says here that it was the first arcade video game show and set the blueprint for similar game shows like Video Power, Nick Arcade, and Arena. Yeah, I don't remember Starcade at all. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool though. Like I, I like the concept of video game game shows. Yeah. I don't know that there's been any that have, you know, been prevalent as far as today's games go, but you know, back in the nineties, Nick Arcade was great. Yeah, it was. Uh, on December twelfth of nineteen eighty three. Nintendo publishes Joey Image's favorite game, Donkey Kong Jr. <laughs> Math, for the Famicom. <laughs> That's why I threw this in there. <laughs> uh, I can honestly say I've never played this game. Me neither. But what better way to learn about math than with Donkey Kong? Who wants to learn math while you're playing video games? 
I mean, I I don't know math now, so yeah. I would be <laughs> I terrible at this game. Track. That's it. That's what I have a phone for. It's got to. Yeah, out. I mean. You know, Nintendo went through that stretch of having the educational type games because, you know, Mario is Missing, a game that I reviewed uh, a while back on the show, dealt a lot with, like, geography and things like that, so. Yeah. And that game wasn't completely awful, but it definitely wasn't great. Meh. I don't like educational games. I like my brain to rot. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. On December 17th, 1987, Capcom releases the first Mega Man game in the long-standing series for the NES slash Famicom. A lot of Mega Man games came out in December. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, just in time for Christmas. Because honestly, I could have set video game history to be nothing but Mega Man. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how often Mega Man games come out in that month. Well, there's like 50 of them now, so I think it was yeah. like a yearly release. But yeah, I mean, what what else is there to say really about Mega Man? I mean, it's one of the most iconic franchises from the 80s. And the thing is, I think the reason that they could uh, release them on a yearly schedule like that is because they never really changed up the the graphics or anything. Because the graphics were so good from the start, I think. Oh, yeah. You know, they already had that kind of that, that, you know, all the artwork and all that stuff in place. And all they had to do was just come up with new new uh new bosses and level design so it was just kind of like boom 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 just cranking those things out well it reminds me of when majora's mask came out because they had a lot of the the template from ocarina of time and they used the same you know style graphics and everything so they didn't have to really rebuild too much yeah uh, on December 9th of 1994, Namco releases its first 3D fighting game, Tekken, to arcades. Man, I, I dropped a lot of quarters in Tekken back in the 90s. Oh, Tekken. Tekken was fun. And I would try to Didn't do get the to Tekken play. tournaments and get my ass handed to me by, like, seven-year-old Asian kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's been that way with me with pretty much every tournament I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I would be interested in doing a Smash Brothers tournament. At some point, just to see, like, how badly I would get beat. (laughs) We should think about doing that for the uh, NCR Live. Oh, that'd be fun. Do it that night. Do some Smash Brothers matchups? After drunk drunk Mario Kart. Then we have drunk Smash Brothers. Mm -hmm. I'm down with that. On December... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I said I'm down with that. Oh, Same. December 10th, 1994, Nintendo releases Wario's Woods, the last official game to be released on the NES in North America before Nintendo would officially discontinue production of the console. That's a good trivia question. Yeah, it is. See, I thought it was uh, um, Zoda's Revenge, but I guess it was Wario's Woods. Yeah, didn't this game come out? Did it come out for Super Nintendo 2? I think so. Let me look that up real quick. Yeah, because uh, Zoda's Revenge came out in nine, 1994, too, but I think it came out in November, if I'm not mistaken. It did come out for Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah, because I can see the box art in my mind. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, let's see. December 3rd, 1996, LucasArts and Nintendo released Star Wars Shadows of the Empire for the N64. Still a great game. Great story, and they it's no longer canon, and that hurts me deep inside my soul. It should be canon. 
God, this game was so great. I still remember playing it for the first time. Like right off the bat, you have to fight a freaking ATST on foot. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, and I'm just Boba like, Fett what fight. in the world is going on? Dude, that Boba Fett fight is something else. Oh, man. The, this whole game, like it's top five best Star Wars game of all time to me. Oh, and I love that final uh final bat ship battle where you're destroying the uh the the Black Sun space station. Mhm. Man, that was such a good sequence. That is a game I wish that they would re-release, like do a remaster and re-release. Oh, Sam. Man. This is a like Shadows of the Empire, I had the game, I had the graphic novel, I had the novel, like anything <laughs> Shadows of the Empire related. I had to have. Oh, me too. I even had the toys too. The Power of the Force toys they put out with. Uh, I had the Chewbacca, the one where he's undercover and he's got like the eye patch and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. and the, the the vest. I wish, and I, there's no way that it'll happen. But I wish they had done this as like um an animated movie. Yeah. Back in the day, would have been fantastic. Because it's, it's it's such a great story. And it's not like it really affects anything from the new canon. I don't know why they can't go back and say, okay, Shadows of the Empire is still canon. Worst case scenario, I think what they could do, the Boba Fett story of him trying to get Han Solo to Jabba yeah. while encountering you know, Bosk, IG-88, and all the other bounty hunters, that in itself would make for a fun movie. Yeah, it would. And you, you wouldn't need Harrison Ford because he's in Carbonite the entire time. Mm-hmm. And most all the characters are either, you know, wearing, they're either aliens or they're wearing helmets. And actually, the IG-88 fight, that was the first time we ever really got to see IG-88 in action. And that was mm -hmm. a, a pretty frightening sequence, like fighting him. Yeah. Because you're, you're on that trash planet, and he's just constant, he's just relentless coming after you. And it's like the Terminator. Yeah, it was great. I wish they would like if they did a bounty hunters movie, I would absolutely make that the storyline. Yeah. Boba Fett tries to get Han Solo to Jabba. Yep. And you could do it. But speaking of Star Wars, to close us out for this month in video game history, on December 7th, 1998, Star Wars Rogue Squadron is released for the N64. Love that game too. Oh, uh, the Rogue Squadron games are great. And I'm going to be reviewing that next or this month. Sweet. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be reviewing um Super Empire Strikes Back. So it's going to be Star Wars month everybody. Get ready. <laughs> yeah, you're going to hear a lot of Star Wars between this show and my show. There's going to be a lot of Star Wars discussion. Yep. Uh so before we go into the review for tonight, Derek's got some shout outs. Yeah, as always, we like to shout out our friends over on Patreon. This week, we'd like to give a shout-out to Axeblade07, Daniel Salmon, Justin Olson, and John Jekyll. Thank you so much for your contributions and helping to keep the lights on here at the Nerd Cave Retro Show. And if you want to contribute to our Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Yeah, thank you guys so much. And tonight, Derek is going to be talking about...
that epic music. Uh, the music in this franchise is just so great. The, from the intros to everything, music is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this week, so we're going to be releasing this episode, let's see, on December 4th. December 3rd is the 18-year anniversary for the American release of the game that I'm going to be reviewing this week, Super Smash Bros. Melee, which is a 2001 crossover fighting video game developed by HAL Laboratory and published by Nintendo for the GameCube. It was first released in Japan on November 21st, 2001, in North America on December 3rd, 2001, and poor Europe and Australia, they didn't get it until May of 2002. That's so weird how that used to happen back in the day. I feel like that's even a big gap from like that day's standards. I know. That sucks. Because, hell, I mean, you look at some of the stuff we talk about back in the 80s, it would be two or three years between releases. Like, you would see stuff in America being released that was released in Japan like two years earlier. Like, why did it take so long? I have no idea. Countries. I have no idea. But so Smash Brothers Melee, I reviewed the original Smash Brothers a while back. It might have even been earlier this year because I think this year was the 20 year anniversary of the original Smash Brothers. You know, growing up as a Nintendo kid in the 90s, playing Mario, Zelda, Metroid, and then when Pokemon came out, I always thought, you know, I'm sure all kids fantasized about this what would happen if all these characters met yeah (laughs) and then smash brothers came out and basically met that demand and the first game you know it it has its issues like it's an n64 and going back and playing it isn't as great as from back in the day but smash brothers melee i still actually have my original copy from when i got this on christmas day in 2001 and I've been playing it the last couple of days. This game is... I'm going to sound like a, like I'm trying really hard to be cool when I say this, but the controls are tight yeah. in this game. And I say that in the sense that the controls are damn near perfect in this game. It still plays super well. Because going through and playing a lot of the other Smash Brothers games, a lot of people will go back and say Melee is their favorite. Well, you know, from whether one, it's gameplay, anything like that. Well, this is the one that's still being played to this day in uh, Smash Brothers tournaments. Oh, yeah. And I was going to bring that up, too, is that in Smash Brothers tournaments, this is the go-to game. Because it's about as close to a perfect fighting game as you can get. It's a sequel and it does everything that, to me, what a sequel should do, and that's take the elements from the original that worked and added enough to where it gives you a whole new experience. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in the original Smash Brothers, you had not necessarily a story mode, but you would go through and you'd fight, like, say if you played as Mario, in one match you would fight Pikachu, and then the next you would fight Donkey Kong, or you'd fight a giant Donkey Kong and you'd have two teammates. Or you would fight a bunch of Yoshis at one time. Mm-hmm. That's now what's called classic mode, where it's basically, you know, one-on-one match after one-on-one match, so on and so forth. And then at the end, you fight this giant floating hand called Master Hand. And you beat him and you complete classic mode. Well, this game introduces an adventure mode 
which was pretty cool. So you start out in the Mushroom Kingdom and you go through what's essentially like an old Mario Brothers level where it's 2D and you you know fight Goombas, Koopa Troopas, and when you get to the end, then you fight Mario and Princess Peach. Mm-hmm. You'll fight uh, Samus and uh, Brinstar, and then after it, you have to escape it before um, it's destroyed. Then you go from there and you fight, um, you go to Dreamland and you fight Kurt. So you go through these little mini games. And you also go through a temple for, um, before you fight Zelda, which is really cool. Because you actually fight Octoroks, Redeads. Um, I think there's one, there might be one other like Zelda minion that you have to fight. And the temple is essentially like a maze. And you have to try and find the Triforce. And once you find the Triforce, you escape. And then you have to fight Zelda. Hmm. Well, if you find the Master Sword instead, then you fight Link. You can fight Link up to four times depending on you know, what routes you take in the maze. So it, it adds some some cool experiences that are different as opposed to just, you know, fighting people one on one or you do team matchups and everything. So it has something for single players too. And a lot of people are hit and miss about the adventure and story modes with Smash Brothers games, but I'm for them just because it gives you that additional option of something to do rather than just fight people. Because with the Wii U version, they didn't have a story mode. Yeah, You just fight people. And yeah, that's great and all, but if I'm at home by myself, I'm not just going to play a bunch of you know matches against an AI. Yeah. <laughs> and I was looking so, at this too, that there were 25 playable characters for this this particular game and that's a lot for a fighting game back especially back then. Yeah, it was opposed to I think there were tw- yeah, there were 12 in the original cuz you had the original 8 and you could unlock Ness, Captain Falcon, Luigi and Jigglypuff. Mm-hmm. So they they obviously add quite a few more characters which is also a staple. You know, with the new one, it literally has every single character that's been in a Super Smash Brothers game. But the the cool thing about Melee is that some of the characters they introduce, the new ones are um, Bowser, Princess Peach, Zelda, as far as ones that you don't have to unlock. As far as unlockable ones, you have Mewtwo, which was one of my biggest disappointments because... Mewtwo is my favorite Pokemon, and I love the original Pokemon movie that features him. Mm. But as a fighting character, he's not that great. He's pretty slow, and I'm not a fan of slower characters. You would think being a Pokemon character, he'd be pretty good in a fighting game. <laughs> I mean, some of his moves are awesome. You know, he's a psychic type Pokemon, so he's got some cool moves. It's just that he moves so sluggish. Yeah. Even in this game, where the controls are just so smooth. Um, you can unlock Ganondorf, which was really cool. Um, the the disappointing thing about him was that he was essentially a clone of Captain Falcon, but you would think he would at least have like some magic spells or even his giant sword. But I, I still liked playing as Ganondorf, and it's kind of hypocritical of me to say because Ganondorf is probably slower than Mewtwo. Yeah, but Ganondorf was just so freaking powerful that a lot of his moves would just deal a ton of damage. And if you haven't ever played a Smash Brothers game before, essentially what you do is you you fight on 
a various maps like you have the mushroom kingdom you have uh corneria from star fox you have brinstar from Met, uh, metroid hyrule castle from zelda and essentially you just fight your opponent and the way that you eliminate or kill your opponents is by knocking them off the edge of the stage and basically off the map to where they can't get back onto the platform uh the more you um the more you hit your opponents, it deals higher damage. So you start out with 0% damage. And then the higher percentage damage you get, the easier it is to launch them off the platform. Mm -hmm. Now, the heavier characters like Bowser, Ganondorf, and even Mewtwo, to a lesser extent, they can withstand a lot of damage. Like with Bowser, you can get him up to like 250, and it's still hard to knock him off the stage. So, have you ever played a Smash Brothers game before? Uh, I played some of the newer ones. I, I never played any of these older ones. Yeah, the the old ones to me are are great. You yeah, know, like Melee. Game, I know it sounds crazy, but I've never played this game before. Oh, you should. If you do, you have a GameCube? Yeah, I do. I I want to get a copy of this because every, I've heard nothing but good stuff about this version of the game. Everybody always talks about how this was like the best Smash Brothers game. So I want to get a copy of it. You should. It's the, the thing that sucks is that it's kind of expensive right now because yeah. GameCube is like the retro gaming console to have. Because I, I saw a copy in Video Game Trading Post and it was like 70 or 80 bucks. Whoa. Yeah, that's the bad thing. We're getting to a point now where Nintendo 64 and GameCube games are going to start skyrocketing. So... If you're collecting for these consoles, you better do it now. Yeah, especially with GameCube. Mm -hmm. God, there were a lot of expensive Dude, GameCube games there the other day. I being able to pick up GameCube games for like five bucks back in the early yeah. 2000s. Like, I, that's, that was the console I had before. You know, I had that and an Xbox 360, but I still played my GameCube a lot. I remember I would go to... to local game shops and like GameStop and stuff and pick up two or three games for like 20 bucks at the time. And now you can't even get one for that. Yeah, no. It's it's ridiculous. But back to as far as the extra stuff that they added with this game as opposed to um the original one. In addition to having an adventure mode, you also have um Something that's really cool, and you actually unlock things through this, is called the Home Run Contest. So there's a um, there's a weapon you use called the Home Run Bat, and essentially if you use it as a smash attack, it's pretty much a guaranteed kill on somebody. Well, you're in this, for the Home Run Contest, you're in this arena, and you're on the small platform with a sandbag, and you have about 10 seconds to deal as much damage to it as you can. Hmm. You pick up the bat and then swing it as hard as you can and try and launch it as far as possible. <laughs> it sounds really simple, but it's actually a lot of fun to do. There's a break the targets contest, which is self-explanatory. You go through this certain area and you break as many targets as possible. Um, what else was there? There's multi-man melee where you have um, a certain amount of time to kill as many like computer fighters as possible. There's one called Cruel Melee, where all the um, the characters you fight they're basically like wireframe versions of like Donkey Kong and other various characters. Mm -hmm. They're 
next to impossible to kill and they all gang up on you <laughs> so it, it's a good way to to test your i guess um endurance yeah your metal <laughs> yeah i was and there's also too and i didn't know this but it said video game developer hideo kojima originally requested the inclusion of solid snake uh but the game was too far into development he came along in Brawl, which yeah. was the game after this. So he wanted Solid Snake to be in this one, too. People geeked out over that. Yeah. So when Brawl, when Brawl came out, that was when they started including like the third-party characters like Snake and Sonic. And now it's like, a, it's like the norm to have you know, outside characters be a part of Smash Brothers, just because it's, it's that cool of a franchise. And it's a big deal when they announce new characters. And Nintendo even said, you know, for Ultimate, they're still going to continue to do DLC, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And I love that they're adding those kind of characters into the Smash Brothers games, like Simon Belmont and stuff like that. Like, just these legacy characters that you would love to see in a Smash Brothers game, like they're putting in the Smash Brothers game. So it's just such a cool franchise. It really is. The thing is, I think for the most part, the franchise has continued to improve with every game. Now, with Brawl, the char- the not characters, but the the controls weren't as good. Like it was kind of a a jarring game, a little bit like it was something that you would have to get used to, as far as the characters just not moving around as smoothly as they did in Melee. But they did fix that in the Wii U version. Yeah, but every game in this franchise has made some type of improvement which is a good thing i mean it's what a franchise should do yeah but there's just something about melee that keeps bringing like the diehard smash brothers fans back and i i would say this is probably still my favorite smash brothers game hold on one second Uh, sorry, I had to sneeze. That's oh, okay. I need a cough. I need a cough button. <laughs> you know, well, I think a lot of it too <clears throat> is the GameCube is finally, I think, starting to. I think people are finally starting to realize what a good system the GameCube was, because you even like even myself going back playing some of these games, I realized like how really good like that console was, like the controls. The uh, the graphics, the sound, like it's it holds up crazy well as a as a console, and it's got you know it's total Nintendo. Like it looks like plastic, it looks like a toy, but it's such a like the the controller is so comfortable in your hand, and it just it's my favorite controller. Yeah, and it's it's crazy how well those games hold up for that system, and and they look just as good as some of the games put out today. Well, I think what was going against the GameCube was you had the Xbox yeah, and you had the PlayStation and that grabbed a lot of the, you know, gamers that had grown up with Nintendo and Super Nintendo. They moved on to the other consoles because Xbox had Halo and other, you know, mature franchises. Yeah. But no, the, the GameCube to me was kind of the start of the decline as far as Nintendo not being as relevant in the gaming culture anymore. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I 
very much like the GameCube and it's it's got some great games and this is probably one of the best you know if i were to make a a top five gamecube game list this would easily be on it yeah like it's not just a good fighting game it's a good game yeah well that's the and thing even the gamecube games the gamecube games were great like you go back and play like metroid prime that game is fantastic still to this day i can't wait to review that one the thing that impressed me the most about Smash Brothers Melee whenever I was reading up about it and I was seeing, you know, gameplay of it, photos, is how good the graphics are. Yeah. Like for a fighting game or even just a game in general, the detail is great. Like this was the first time you actually can see the stitching in Mario's overalls. Yeah. Which was really mind blowing to me. And I'm like, this is for a fighting game? Yeah. <laughs> it, well, the thing is, I think at the time, Nintendo was doing what they do. It wasn't the most, uh, you know, powerful console because, you know, the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox were way more powerful consoles. But I think Nintendo was establishing itself at the time as the console that didn't rely on, like, the greatest graphics or anything. It was all about the games and the gameplay. And I think this is where that started because you look at the Wii, it was not as powerful as the other systems at the time, but the games made it great. Uh, you look at the Switch. It's not the most powerful console, but it's the games that are that make it great. And I think this is where that started. And I, it, it people didn't necessarily see that at the time, uh, and didn't really give the GameCube, you know, its due. But I think it's finally getting its due now. I would agree with that. Another cool thing, too, that I want to throw in real quick about the, the characters. It also included the characters of Marth and Roy from the Fire Emblem franchise. I could be wrong in saying this, but I don't believe any of the Fire Emblem games were available outside of Japan mm -hmm. at that point. And Marth and Roy were initially intended to just be in the Japanese version of Smash Brothers, but they actually got... Um, high acclaim from the American side of things, so they were included in the American version. Yeah, which is cool because Roy is one of my go-to characters in Melee. My go-to characters are Roy and Link. It says something else here too. I was trying to find it again about um, Ness and this game. It was supposed to be another character. Oh, Lucas. Yeah, from um, from Mother Three, which yeah. was the um, the sequel to Mother Two, also known as Earthbound, yeah, which still hasn't been released in America. It's crazy, but that's ne that's neither here nor there. Oh, here um, it is. Yeah, it says uh, um, uh, in the game's official Japanese website, the developers explain reasons for making particular characters playable and explain why some characters were not available as playable characters upon release. Initially, the development team wanted to replace Ness with Lucas. Uh, but retain Ness in consideration of delays. I mean, it wouldn't have made any sense to replace Ness, yeah. especially with the American version, because Mother 3 was never released outside of Japan. But they did include Lucas and Brawl. Yeah. Um, last thing that I want to throw in about this game, you know, I've talked about the controls, the character selection was great, the levels, there's a lot of variety, which is really good. The music. 
with this game is incredible. I know. I went through and listening to the try to capture the music last night, and I went through you know all the tracks trying to find like the best music. I was like, man, the music for this game was great. When you take the rearranged versions of iconic songs like the Hyrule theme from yeah. Zelda or the Mario Brothers theme, and you add that orchestra to it, like it gives me goosebumps. <laughs> Hearing like and that's consistent through the entire franchise. Yeah, I was listening to it and I was like, man, I would love to like if they this was an album, I would download it. I wish it was available like as a like a Spotify album, yeah, or something because that would be great. Yeah, it says uh, live orchestral arrangements performed by the New Japan Philharmonic. So that's who did the music for it. Yeah, the music is just. I don't know if I have a particular favorite track, but the music in this in this game and this entire franchise are great. And it's something that gets even better throughout the entire franchise. Like I know the one of my favorite things to do in Smash Brothers Ultimate is just to go through and find like the the track list and just listen because the music is that good. Yeah, I, it, I'm trying to look it up here, and it says that there was a video game soundtrack released by the New Japan Philharmonic on uh, the label is Interbrain. So I'm gonna have to look this up and see if there's a. Um, after we're done, I'm gonna look up on like iTunes or something and see if I can find a copy of this to get. Because I love when uh, they do orchestrated versions of Nintendo themes. I don't know if you've ever heard the, um, I think it's the the play or something like that version of the Zelda music, and it gives me goosebumps when I hear it. Yeah, they did some type of uh, like an orchestral show. Yeah, that had th themes from the Zelda franchise. Yeah, the same. It it absolutely gave me goosebumps, and I wish that was something that I could have gone to see live. Yeah, and you listen to it, and you're just like, man, can you imagine a Zelda movie? Like and you see Legend uh, of Zelda. Don't on the tease me like that. And like that music comes on. I was like, oh my I would melt in my seat. Uh I'd probably have to be excused to the restroom <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> uh but yeah, the this game, you know, I've talked about how much people love it, and the reception definitely echoes that. As far as some of the reviews go, it received critical acclaim from reviewers, most of whom credited Melee's expansion of gameplay features from Smash Brothers. Focusing on the additional features, GameSpy commented that Melee really scores big in the we've added tons of great extra stuff department. And let's see, IGN's Fran Mirabella III stated that it was in an entirely different league than the N64 version, which I agree with. Uh, IGN gave it a 9.6 out of 10, GameSpot 8.9. Famitsu gave it 37 out of 40. Eurogamer gave it a 10 out of 10. Hmm. So this game got a lot of praise. And as far as my review or my score of it, I would probably give it a 9.5 out of 10. I mean, to me, it's very hard to give a game a 10. The only thing that I would be nitpicky on is I wasn't a huge fan of the adventure mode. Like, I would have preferred something else. Like, there's a... At some point, whenever I review Brawl, which will be, you know, way down the line, 
uh, they included this um, story mode called the Subspace Emissary that I really liked. Adventure mode in Melee was okay, but it wasn't great. And that that might sound kind of nitpicky, but that that would be like the only knock that I would give it. That's what. But we it's do here. it's it's an overall <laughs> fantastic game. I was saying that's what we do here. We nitpick. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's one of the best GameCube games. It, to me, it's one of the three best GameCube games. I would include this with uh, Wind Waker. And what else would I include? That's what I need to get. I need to get another copy of Wind Waker. I kick oh, myself man. every day for all the GameCube, my, for selling my old GameCube and all my games. Why did I do that? So dumb sometimes. There were a few of my GameCube games that I regret selling. Star Fox Adventures was one of them. That's why I went back and, and bought it again. But I, I'll go even higher. I'll say that Smash Brothers Melee is one of the two best GameCube games. Wow. That and Wind Waker, to me, are the best games for the GameCube. So it's, it's an absolute must-have. It's a game that still holds up 18 years later. You can still plug it in and just have hours of fun playing it with friends. Well, hell, you know it's good if this is the go-to Smash Brothers game for tournaments. Yes. It's still the best playing Smash Brothers game, I think. Uh, and the, the GameCube controller, I'll, I'll throw this in there real quick. The GameCube controller is perfect for a fighting game. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll echo that by saying every, every incarnation of Smash Brothers that has come out, they have released an adapter for the console where you can use a GameCube controller. I was, I'm going to say that the GameCube uh, controller is still one of the best controllers ever made. Oh, easily. And it's, it's my favorite controller. If I could, down. I would use that controller for like PlayStation 4, Xbox, whatever I'm playing. If I could use that controller, I'd be happy. Oh, there's same. There's just something about that controller that is just so ergonomically perfect, like to fit your hands. Like the Absolutely. button placements were perfect. Like there, I don't know what it is about that controller, but... They just need to make that controller available for every Nintendo system that's ever made to the day I die. I'd be happy with that. Oh, and I was going to mention real quick, if you're interested in the soundtrack, it's called Smashing Live. Um, it was a bonus for subscribing to Nintendo Power Magazine in North America. So I'm going to look online and see if I can procure a copy of Smashing Live. I wonder if it's available like to stream. Let's see. I'm not seeing it on Spotify. I uh, get mm. a bunch of smashing pumpkins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Either way, the yeah. the Smash Brothers soundtrack is fantastic for all the games. E even the original N64 still has some some catchy songs. I'm going to look on eBay real quick just to see if I can find a CD of it. It's got to be on eBay. It is not on eBay. Really? Yeah. Smash Holy Live crap. CD. Smashing Live Smash Bros. 
Oh, here we go. Smashing Super Smash Brothers Melee Smashing Live CD 1450 or best offer. Uh, buy it now 21.99. I have buy spoken. It now, 38.24. A little expensive. The the better the copy you get, the more expensive it's going to be. Yeah. I'm going to look and see if it's streaming anywhere, if you can get it for, like, iTunes or something. Google Play. Yeah, I didn't see it on Spotify. Let's see. That music was really good. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Might have to go. If I can't find it anywhere, I'm just going to go rip it off of YouTube and make my own tracks for it <laughs> on my own MP3s. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing uh, the like the full show on YouTube right now. Okay, yeah. But yeah, that's my review of Super Smash Brothers Melee. Fantastic. Um, so uh, next week we should be back to normal. Um, I think we're gonna be doing well. No, because we're doing the uh, Nerd Cave Live at the Kraken, so we won't have a live show on uh, whatever that week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well the the 10th i'll be i've got a meeting that i have to yeah, go to that's right so it'll be a few weeks before we do another live episode might even be next month before we get back to streaming but uh, yeah if you're interested and you're in the near the biloxi area definitely come to uh ncr live at, at the wayward kraken on howard avenue in biloxi on december 14th and i will be creating the uh the event page this weekend and sending that out yeah, I'll. Uh, I still got to make that graphic. Yeah. So I'll do that today. And uh, so, anything and, else you uh, you want to talk about before we leave the show this week? Yeah, I'm gonna make this public probably on Friday, but on December 21st we will be having our. I'm calling it the Gulf Coast Filmmaker Showcase, where we'll basically be sitting around and watching several short films that have been made in the Gulf Coast area, including. My film, The Parker Syndrome, your film, Monsters Anonymous, and a film we both worked on, mm -hmm. Survey. Yeah, I've got like four movies that I was involved with at this thing. So. Oh, yeah, and Alters. <laughs> yeah, Alters is going to be there. Uh, it's going to be a really good fest, a little, little tiny festival. So uh, when Derek makes that public, you're more than welcome to come. We're gonna, uh, it's going to be a fun night. Fun night of drinking and watching movies. Yes, and who doesn't like to drink and watch movies? I, I can't think of anyone. But uh, but no no more email this week. You guys are you've slacked off on the emails. Uh, I know you guys like to talk to us on uh, Facebook and Twitter, but if you want something read on the show, go to the go email it to us too, and uh, that way I can just very simply move it over into the Google Doc and uh, for the show, and we will talk about whatever you want to talk about on the show. Yes. But uh, I think we're ready to get out of here. What do you say, Mr. Mr. Diamond? Let's do it. All right, play our music here. If you want to email us, it's at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfuntastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. Uh, go throw us a couple bucks a month over on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. If you get us back up to that $50 level, we will do the extra episodes every month. And if you can't do that, can't throw us a buck a month, go leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are sold. So Derek, please, tell them what it's all about. 
This is the way.